Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today's Fire Up Podcast is inspired by a couple of recent speaking engagements I've had and the ripple effect they had on my life and many, many other women's lives too. You know, it's no secret, I am passionate about serving and empowering women. It's a big part of my purpose on the planet. Whether these women are building their corner of the kingdom from their couch, carpool, cubicle, or even the corner office, my heart's desire is for every single one of them to engage, elevate, and embrace their authentic self so they're able to ignite and empower their world. As one on a short list of professional and female speakers, especially in the real estate industry, I'm asked to speak at quite a few, quote, women's conferences during the year. I also passionately serve the Women's Council of Realtors. These choices elicit a multitude of questions, including, why do women need their own event? Isn't an event just for women the exact opposite side of sexism issues you are fighting? Why do you perpetuate the gender divide by doing these events? Or one of my favorites, what, what really happens there? <laughs> While speaking at the Women Up conference last week, I received many of these questions. If you don't know what Woman Up is, it's a new event hosted by two fabulous women, Sarah and Leslie of the California Association of Realtors. They created it to ignite and rally women in the industry to consider stepping into leadership positions. There are fantastic notes and great information. Just pop over to my blog and you'll find some great links. You know, during the conference, I posted a quote from Leslie, who is their chief economist and a real live heroine for many women in the industry. She was recalling that over the years in her career, she's been going to man up conferences and how excited she was that it was time for a woman up conference. Now, I posted that on Facebook and a a little over 60 people loved and liked the photo. Only three of them were men. All of the comments were women. I did receive four direct messages from men asking me what was going on at that women's conference. Was there man bashing happening? Were we burning our bras? Seriously? Oh, Lord. Today, I'm going to share some of my replies given over the last couple of weeks and over the years. So first of all, I usually say something like this. The fact that anyone is still asking those questions is proof the problem still exists. The number of women in executive positions and board positions is dismal. It is in the news every single freaking week, people. You need proof? I have proof. There's plenty of data. I put a Pew Research link and the executive summary from the Women Up conference from the California Association of Realtors on my website. Download copies, get yourself educated. So after I kind of go through the, hello, what do you mean there's not a problem? Then I ask some questions like, what is the male to female ratio at the leadership events you attended? How many male and female speakers are sharing their thoughts and visions 
from your stages? Is it anywhere near balanced? How about when you look around the table at board meetings or those leadership retreats at your company? When you look to the left and then you look to the right, are there any women at the table? If so, is there a balanced number? Is there a token female or worse, none? And then I ask, how does your organization support working parent hurdles? Since we know that's what a lot of women are facing. The reality is women have a valuable perspective and often a different set of skills to offer. Their communication and listening styles tend to vary greatly from men. So they bring an added layer of vision, problem solving, and relationship building techniques to those events and the table. Then what I usually start to hear is the justifications and reasons. I can't even tell you how many excuses around why there are no women at our table. Quite honestly, none of them make sense. Here are five of the most frequent I hear and my general replies. Excuse number one, there aren't any women interested. My response, there are plenty of women interested in leadership. Over 300 were in a room together at the Woman Up Conference in Pasadena, California. We are not unicorns, although we are magical in many, many ways. The event photos from that day are proof these women really do exist. You need more? There's a fantastic new movement called Present Her out there. Just search hashtag present her or go to presenther.org and you will find all sorts of fantastic information on female speakers. Excuse two, many of our female employees are just not as qualified as their male counterparts, mainly because they stayed home to raise children. Oh my goodness. My response is, Qualified women are everywhere. They are attending conferences, serving on women's council networks, serving on their association boards, teaching and mentoring the next generation, and running successful households and businesses. Yes, I said households. I am so tired of the argument that women who have stayed home are somehow behind their male counterparts. Every single woman I know who has chosen to raise children, has a multitude of skills being sparked and sharpened every moment of the day. They don't sit at home nibbling on bonbons all day. This isn't a Peg Bundy moment. They are excellent planners of meals, vacations, and numerous events, most of the time on lean budgets. They prepare and run meetings for the PTA, American Heritage Girls, Scouts, and so many more. They coach teams, they wrangle chore detail schedules, and homework. They're experts in drama management and constantly help others strengthen their emotional intelligence. Can I hear an amen? They meet new people while waiting outside ballet lessons and learn the art of small talk and relationship building even when forced to chat with other parents that drive them nuts. Oh, and negotiating? 
whether it's with toddlers or any other age through the teen years, it's not a cakewalk. Lots and lots and lots of lessons learned. Maybe we need to start instructing women and men who stay home to add these years to the resume and then teach our recruiters and our hiring managers to stop discounting these killer skills. Experience comes in many forms. We need to change our thinking all the way around. Okay, excuse three. The rules require board members lead large or public organizations or insert any other exclusionary requirement. My response? First, as far as those archaic rules go, it's time to change them. Most of the time, what is in place to define what a leader or worthy organization looks like excludes a lion's share of women from qualifying for board or leadership positions. That makes no sense. There are so many leaders who happen to be women already out there starting and running their own businesses and brokerages, building epic teams, launching tech companies, and so much more. They might not be as big or as public, but their leadership skills are still valuable. These same women are becoming more and more confident. They're keeping the conference momentum and conversations going on digital platforms. They are deciding they want leadership rules and definitions to look different than the version defined and designed by men decades ago, aka the misogynistic madmen era. Rules are meant to be reviewed, revised, or even broken when they no longer serve their purpose. Hello? If the old guard is not willing to mix it up and update the rules and guidelines, they are going to miss out on amazing talent and stellar brain power to help them move into the next century. Their loss. Okay, excuse four, quick one. No one is retired from the board. There is no room. Uh, my response? Again, seriously? Will the universe cease to exist if you add a seat or two to your board so you can add a female to the mix? Please. These rules are so tired. Okay, the last excuse I'm going to share today is women don't step up and ask to be included. Normally, this is followed up with something like, why aren't they just standing up, speaking up and doing it? My response? Well, full disclosure, I used to think similar thoughts. I needed a mind shift as well. My life has been blessed with oodles of amazing, life-giving mentors, coaches, and leaders who have spoken vision and potential into and over my life. I was raised by two very empowering parents. My pop, he was raised by kind, hardworking farmers in Minnesota. Yet he decided he wanted a different life and boldly went for it. He is an elite member of the original hardware engineers generation. Woo! My queen is a lifelong entrepreneur who intentionally put her children first. She taught me the art of timing my ask. It was a rule that she needed to decompress when she got home. We knew to wait until she finished her glass of wine or the answer was no. Come on now. It's brilliant, right? She is brilliant. My parents both reminded me of my value, my worth, and that my future was undefined and limitless. 
Furthermore, when I started thinking about like the topics at these events, I felt like I'd already heard all these things my entire life and I was already doing it. My point with all of this is that not every woman has this growing up. I had to realize that there were millions of women who have never heard these things. These events are a magnificent opportunity for me to give back and pay it forward. Since my mindset shift, I have had many heated conversations with other women who also question why these conferences exist. They share their concerns around how hosting these events make women look weak or powerless. They cringe when women empower each other or when they're tagged in quotes about empowerment. Listen up, ladies. You might not need these events, but millions of our sister warriors do. They aren't as bold, brave, and perfectly bossy like you and me. They are brilliant, lacking in confidence right now, and need our help. I believe it is our responsibility to speak life into them, to encourage them, and to support them along the way. If you are one of those women who has questioned these events, shame off you. Just now take a moment and think about why you felt that way and why you still feel that way. Maybe your soul is sending smoke signals to your still small voice to wake up. Maybe your questions are really a subconscious rally cry beckoning you onto the stages to generously inspire other women with your tenacious stories of success and failure. When you do step up in this way, it will feel fantastic. And you know how I mentioned earlier before, I was always like, oh, nah, that's not for me. I already know that stuff. Well, you will also be surprised and delighted by the copious notes and immediate growth you take when you walk out of the conference doors. I am always blessed with new perspectives, connections, and wisdom. Try it. I am believing you will love it. Okay, for the second half of this podcast, and for all of you who are curious, still curious, about why these conferences are important, here are some of the life-changing reasons I've experienced that really do help me see why we must keep on keeping on. Encouragement. That's the first one. Not all women have embraced their worthiness to lead, especially in corporate settings. Encouraging them to see their value is an incredibly important role these conferences fill. We also need to encourage them to shake off the shame of all they have not done in the past and move forward with intention and purpose. Next reason, we need to build a new vision. Women have not had centuries of being raised up to step up as the leader. For decades, young boys have been watching male astronauts, male presidents, male preachers, male CEOs, male governors, male refs, and male fill in the blank with whatever is out there. These men have been lauded and shining on stages, televisions, in books and magazines. The females in these roles have been the exception and continue to be still to this day. We need to do better for ourselves in the next generation. 
Next reason, we need to empower the ask. Women have also been taught to wait to be asked. Think about it. We've been raised up to wait for a man to ask us to marry or to go out on a date. Now, I know this is changing slowly, but when I was in high school, there was one dance a year when the girls could confidently ask the boys. One. And I'm pretty sure it's the same today. Most women wait to be asked on a board or for a promotion. We need to inspire them to ask. And even before that, we need to remind them and ask them to join us. If we're there already, let's bring them along with us. Next reason is we need to spark their confidence through learning. These events expand women's understanding of the resources and knowledge needed to get to the next level. They also help women understand how to uncover and ask mentors for their guidance, how to embrace failing forward, how to support other women, how to leverage their emotions, time, and money, and so many other things. Earlier this week, I was reading an article titled, Why Women Don't See Themselves as Entrepreneurs. As you can imagine, it riled me up. And I quote, They are, that is, women are, also less likely to have the management experience that can lead to starting a company. Just 19% of top executives are women, according to the leanin.org and McKinsey Report. And a main reason they don't rise is because they are less likely to have mentors in senior leadership. That changes when women run companies. The gender gap and the gender pay gap shrinks, and women are more likely to be promoted. This is all according to the research of public companies by Linda Bell, an economist and a provost of Barnard College. Whether by cause or effect, the presence of a top woman executive has a really robust impact. Wow. That really leads in to the last reason I want to share today, and that is seeing is believing. We need these events to see and meet other women who have done it, to hear their stories of success and their lessons learned in the failed attempts. We need to see women who have successfully raised capital since we consistently hear that women don't do it well. When we see it and hear it, we believe we can do it. Here's a quick quote from the same article that I just mentioned above. The reason more women aren't starting their own companies or leading, according to the research, is people with experience mentor and give money to people like themselves, while those starting out do what they see people like themselves doing. In other words, we all live in bubbles, not just in our politics or our friendships, but also in our careers. And this shapes the ideas we form. Social scientists describe this phenomenon as homophily, or love of the same. Women are just outside of those established networks. And if you're inside the networks, you get the knowledge. But when you're outside the networks, you don't get the knowledge. You don't get the opportunities. You don't get the contacts. And you don't get the funding. This is all from Susan Coleman, a business professor at the University of Hartford and co-author of the Third Way Report. She wrote it with Alicia Robb, a research fellow at the University of Colorado in Boulder and the founder of Next Wave 
Ventures for Female Investors. This is such a great article. Again, if you want to read it, pop right on over to the blog. It would be remiss of me, yep, to avoid discussing one of the biggest misconceptions of women's groups and women's conferences. What is that? Well, the belief that these events are pro-woman and thus must be anti-men. There could be nothing further from the truth. Hear me when I say this. Women understand the power of collaboration. We believe we are better together. We recognize we need you, our brothers, fathers, grandfathers, husbands, uncles, and sons, to be part of the conversations. Gentlemen, you are at the tables right now. We need you to look around and speak up. We need you to look to the seats on your left and right and ask, where are the women? If you're on a panel and there are no women included, and there should be, ask why. We can't ask those questions where we aren't even invited yet. We want you to encourage us to step up and into our greatness, as we've done for you for a millennia. We will add value. We will add perspective. We will add wisdom. Seeing is believing. To the mothers, fathers, and tribes out there raising the next generation, now is the time to teach our children these lessons. Speak into and over them. Let's pray these gender issues will not be present when they enter the workforce someday. Now is the time. This is the place. You are the one. I truly pray that this reading has helped you and ignited and inspired you to do some introspection, to take a look at the teams and tables you are around, ask yourself the questions, and then take action. Remember, we are better together now and always. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, remember to look for and embrace those fire up opportunities to engage, elevate, and empower your world. Hi, do you want to review some of the resources I mentioned on the podcast today? Pop on over to debratrapin.com slash blog and search the term woman up. It'll pull this podcast right up and you will be good to go. You can click away and read till your heart's content.